The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. The year is 1987. Episode 1. January through February. Something in the way she moves Tracks me like no other lover Something in the way she moves me I don't want to leave her now Its power will move you. Its beauty will stop you. The LeBarons. Coupe and convertible. Only from Chrysler. The Barons are beauty with a passion for driving. It's 1987. The Beatles started being a group in 1970. The fascination is still at feverish pitch. We're talking 17 years later. Yeah. 70 years later. 17 years later. Later than what? Than 1970 when you broke up. And there's still this incredible fascination. Broke up. In the beginning of January, at his Friar Park studio in Henley, Harrison begins work on some new material. I just thought, well, I'm going to start an album January the 5th, book the drummers, I'm the engineer, and we'll start off and we'll do is record a lot of drum tracks, basic tracks, and then just see what happens. George's loose recording sessions started to develop into the likes of an album. I'm not going to make one of them, you know, sort of clattery records like everybody else seems to be doing these, this period. I'm going to make a record like something like I, 20 years ago, just like a rock and roll band making a record, except the modern technology 
uh, it's going to sound like now, like it's just been made now. But I avoided all those sort of drum machines and all those kind of things, MIDI this and that and the other, and all these emulator little phony trumpets and stuff. We had real saxes and real guitars, real pianos, real drums, real people playing real songs. the month, George continued to record new tracks for inclusion in a possible album. Harrison assembled a variety of musicians that included Gary Wright, Ray Cooper, Bobby Koch, Jim Horn, Jim Keltner, Jeff Lynn, Elton John, Ringo Starr, and Eric Clapton. Gaze at the ceiling from below, a stranded Michelangelo, fill my heart with delight, that's Saturday night. Step inside St. Peter's Dome Claustrophobic and ex-Catholic Last Saturday night Now how come nobody really noticed Puff of white smoke knocked me out Truth is hiding, lurking, banking Things I do at night Quite suspicious, to say the least Even mentioned it to my local priest One of other three Hail Marys Each Saturday night Let's hear Connemar Chingers Oh, 
modern music for this Monday, or for the first time in nearly five years, George Harrison is recording an album. The former Beatle is busy in a London studio working on a new record for release this fall. At the moment, just making a new album, try and get it out by September or October this year. Produced by Jeff Lynn, the famous electric light orchestra, who happens to be there. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing? Hello, you. Hand camera, Jeff Lynn. Right. So you're quite yeah. excited about getting back into music? I'm very excited about that, yeah. I'm making my best album I've ever made. Another ex-Fab started working on a new album. In between recording sessions with Harrison in London, Ringo Starr flew to Three Alarm Recording Studios in Memphis, Tennessee to work with American record producer and guitarist Chips Moman. The idea of a new Ringo Starr LP was conceived during a holiday last December in the Bahamas when Ringo bumped into Chips. Their conversations led to working together on multiple albums in Memphis. Ringo wished to record in the same manner as he did for the Bukus of Blues sessions, whereas Ringo would just be brought in to sing on pre-recorded tracks. Lincoln Wayne Chips Moman played guitar in the 1950s for Johnny Burnett. It also played guitar and toured with Gene Vincent. Moman was also a successful record producer. 
He produced the 1968 hit single Suspicious Minds from Mark James. It was Chips who suggested to Elvis to record the song Suspicious Minds, which also became a hit for the King. as no surprise when Moman recommended Ringo sing the Billy Swan hit song, I Can Help. If you got a problem, don't care what it is, you need a hand, I can assure you this, I can help, I got two strong arms, I can help, it would sure do me good, to do you good, let me help. Chips told Ringo that it would make a good single for him. Let me help. 
On the same day, February 4th, at Hog Hill Studios in Rye, McCartney produces, plays bass, and lends vocals to a new version of his 1979 Wings track, Orchestra Theme, with guitarist Wayne Eddy.
On this track, Jim Horn played sax with Dwayne on rockabilly guitar. Dwayne is making a new album with an all-star lineup. After recording with McCartney at Hog Hill Studios, Dwayne Eddy headed off to the town of Henley to work on a couple of tracks with George Harrison and Jeff Lynne at Friar Park Studios on February 10th and 11th.
assembler. And the other one, Jeff wrote called uh, Theme for Something Really Important. George played slide guitar on both tracks.
good, very good. Meanwhile, back in Memphis, Tennessee, at the Three Alarm Recording Studio, Ringo continues his recording session by way of a special guest, Bob Dylan. Dylan was invited to record a vocal duet on a track with Starr. I remember the long past summer of 1968 Looking down that dusty road like it was yesterday I can feel emotions raging I can hear a rising voice In a time when there were heroes And everybody made a choice Which I do now, 
News of Ringo's recording sessions with Momin leaked out, thanks to a Memphis newspaper, The Commercial Appeal. Continues over yesterday's column by Rita Grimsley Johnson in The Commercial Appeal. As News 3 told you first yesterday, Johnson wrote about Ringo Starr, who's been in Memphis cutting an album with record producer Chips Momin. Johnson called Ringo an aging beetle, who is yesterday's news. Natalie Allen reports Momin was ready to pack up and leave Memphis yesterday, but decided not to quit and today took his anger to the streets. It hurts this city that a, that a personality comes to this town and is mistreated by its newspaper it, she for no reason. The article written by Retta Grimsley Johnson is about Ringo Starr, who has been in Memphis recording an album with Momin. She calls the former Beatle a has-been, the least talented of the other band members, an aging Beatle who is yesterday. The editor of the Commercial Appeal, David Brown, tells News 3 he is pleased with Johnson's work and he says the article served as a reminder of who Ringo is. Ringo was so impressed with Moman's facility here and Memphis, he had talked with George Harrison about taking part in the final recording session here. But Moman says he's doubtful even Ringo now will come back to Memphis to finish the album. Moman says he's trying to do good things for Memphis music, but he adds incidents like this make him wonder about Memphis' future. I don't have to follow no instructions from anyone. And, I'm, and I thought about leaving, but I am not leaving because I realized this morning that I had some friends here. And I will stay because of that. And I will finish this job, and there's no damn newspaper going to stop me. Natalie Allen, News 3, downtown. Yeah, well, I lie. No, I never lie. I fib. Two cars drive down some bed Keep it going, it's jazz. <laughs> Everybody knows that you got the blues. And we're always going to go the railway. We're going to go to the bagpipes. They're coming up. Oh, I see. My eyes have left me. Photographs. It's a private 
out the wall. Is that it? Chips and Ringo threatened to record elsewhere if they didn't get an apology. So Moman led a marching protest in front of the newspaper building. Music producer Chips Moman led about 50 marchers in front of the commercial appeal in support of Memphis music. Protesters carried signs saying malice towards music and we love Ringo. The references were to an article in the newspaper which called Ringo the least talented of the Beatles who was aging and is yesterday's news. We bring an artist into town and he gets slandered the minute he gets here. We don't need the newspaper's help. We just don't need their hurt. But what message are you delivering to the newspaper in Memphis? Well, for one thing, I'm trying to deliver a message to Mr. Brown personally that this newspaper owes, owes Memphis musicians an apology because he's costing, costing them work in this city. The Commercial Appeals executive editor called the demonstration a tempest in a teapot. But an Arizona musician who's recording an album in Memphis instead of Nashville says he came here because of a musical resurgence he'd heard of, and this is more than a minor slap in the face. I'm surprised that they, they published it with so, so much effort being put into making Memphis music, bringing it back to what it used to be when Sun was here and everything, and Sun is still here, and they're redoing Sun, but uh, it seems like they're pulling it two ends of the rope. They're not going to get anywhere unless they work together. Rallier signed a letter to Ringo encouraging him to finish his current album in Memphis. Even the city council got into the act by passing a resolution applauding Ringo's musical contributions and welcoming him to Memphis. Those who turned out say they want to drown out a few sour notes by showing Memphis can work in harmony. Alan Byrne, 13 Eyewitness News.
By the way, late this afternoon, the city council unanimously approved a resolution recognizing Ringo Starr for his contribution to the music industry and welcoming the former Beatle to Memphis. Over to Chips. On February 16th, the Harrisons leave London by way of Heathrow Airport and fly to Los Angeles. The next day, George gives a taped video interview regarding the Beatles' 20th anniversary of the release of the LP, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sitting in gardens looking at trees for, for years and years. That year did take about 50 years to complete. It will be included in an upcoming TV special in June titled, It Was 20 Years Ago Today. A few days later... On the evening of February 19th in Los Angeles at the Palomino Club in North Hollywood, Harrison joins Taj Mahal and the graffiti band on stage along with John Fogarty, Bob Dylan, and Jesse Ed Davis.
way that you wear your clothes Everything about you is so sweet You got that sandal over your feet But uh-huh Well, honey, no Honey, no Well, little honey, don't 
Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, well, we're okay. We're going to do this. Because uh, Bob Dylan asked me to do this. Holy mackerel.
Back over in Memphis, it was announced that pedal steel guitarist and inventor of the talk box, Peter Drake, will be inducted into the Steel Guitar Hall of Fame in St. Louis. Peter will also be receiving the Nashville Entertainment Association's coveted Master Award. Ringo Starr and Chips Moman are both unable to attend, but send, by way of a videotape message, a note of congratulations. Be with you this evening and uh, I hope you're having a good time. And I'd just like to say, you know, hello again after all these years. And, you know, I hope you remember the time we met when we were doing George's album and I sent my car to get you and you found all those country tapes in my car and half of them weren't missing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up doing an album together and I had a fine time. And I've still got my copy. I hope you've got yours. 
and have a wonderful evening and uh, that's about all I can say so it's over to Chips hello Pete uh, hope you remember the time that you and I taught Larry Butler how to play piano mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm still wondering if you're ever going to cut one of my songs and I uh, wish I could be there with you tonight mm, so do I pull out to a two shot and we'll wave goodbye. And we'll wave. See you later. <laughs> time that recording sessions for Ringo's album began to break down. Ringo blamed it on the studio. Chips blamed it on alcohol. The sessions were then moved to Sun Recording Studios in Memphis. Chips accruing all studio and musician costs, financial disagreements between Starr and Moman mounted. What started out as a series of friendly, exciting recording sessions suddenly ended with Ringo walking out, vowing never to return. February 26th, 
Capitol Records in America released the first four UK Beatles albums on the Parlophone label, Please Please Me, With the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night, and Beatles for Sale. All four CDs are issued in mono. The reason was mainly due to George Martin's opinion of the stereo versions that would have gone out. Martin stated that they were going to issue fake stereos, the bane of my life for the past two decades, and I said that these recordings were produced and mixed for mono. We're just capturing the essence of that raw power that was the Beatles to begin with. And sure, there are warts and all there. You hear squeaky bass drum pedals and you hear a bit of uh, rawness, but I think it's marvelous. I think it's honesty in itself. Rock and roll had never seen anything like it. Then many would say the world never really knew rock and roll until the Beatles. Twenty years later, the Beatles storm again with the first release of Beatles tunes on compact discs. The discs hit the store shelves this morning, not to an unruly crowd of screaming and screeching teeny boppers, but to an orderly line of adults. We've been waiting for the disc to come out for quite a while. Today's the day, huh? Today's the magic day. I'm surprising my husband with this. Are you seeing any kids buying them? Not yet, no, but probably later on. I, I think it's their parents now. <laughs> well, she was just 17. I remember when I bought my first Beatles album, it was this very cover, the first one to hit the stands in the U.S., I also remember when it took its last spin on my turntable. While the Beatles' music may be timeless, their records are not. That is why fans have been so eager for these discs. CDs sound better and last longer than records and tapes. Especially lucky for the next generation of Beatles fans. It's been a hard day's night. It was a hard day's night in Columbus, Ohio for these diehard fans who were among the first in the country to pick up the new release. But although Beatlemania came on stronger there, salespeople in San Diego say there has been a steady stream of buyers throughout the day. More than one disc a minute heading home with fans who now have Beatles music on a format possibly as enduring as the tunes themselves. From the newly released Beatles CD, A Hard Day's Night, here's Can't Buy Me Love on 102.5 Classic KZOK. The release of the first four Beatle albums on compact disc is one of the hottest recording events in years. In fact, like the resurgence of the artists of the 60s, the Beatles on CD is causing a rediscovery of the music of the 60s. It's definitely bringing back a lot of really good, excellent music that's been kind of not forgotten, but kind of set, you know, set aside. And people are buying these albums on CD, like all these Beatles releases, and you know, and it's a whole new world because it sounds so good. The Beatles CDs, I know there's a lawsuit, but aside from the lawsuit, do you like the sound of them? Have you heard them? George Harrison. I have, yeah. I've got them, and I, I, being a yuppie, I bought my CD player to go with it. And uh, I didn't like them. Why not? Well, I mean, they're okay, but I prefer the old vinyl ones. Just the feel of putting I'm them on I'm not sure it, if it's just that, uh, I don't know if it's, they've been mixed differently or if it's just too clean you know I like all that you know stuff going on in the background 
they didn't sound like the same. Like, you know how you remember them and you remember everything about the mixes and the sound and stuff? It just seemed too clean and too separate and isolated. The Beatles released on CD, and I think George was saying that he, he was unhappy for that reason, that you were saying that... that uh, that's not the way he remembered the record. Some of the brass was a bit too forward and all that. Yeah. But you were happy with those. Paul McCartney. Well, I mean, I was happy as you can get, you know, because it's the new medium, CD, and uh, that's what people want to buy in. Yeah. So uh, you can't sort of say to them, you can't have it in CD. By the end of the year, all the Beatles records will be available on compact disc. On February 27th, 28th, and March 1st, in Secaucus, New Jersey, New York Metro's 17th official Beatle fan celebration takes place at the Meadowlands Hilton Hotel. Time has not tarnished the public's taste for the Beatles. In New Jersey this weekend, fans of the Fabulous Four are getting their fill at the 14th annual Beatle Fest, an event that was approved at the very highest level of Beatledom. When I first started Beatle Fest, I went to John Lennon with the idea, told him my whole idea about it, and he said, quote, I'm all for it, I'm a Beatles fan too. From the sublime to the ridiculous, anything goes at this giant Beatles flea market, pinball machines a lunchbox with matching thermos, an inflatable beetle. They're being snapped up even by those too young to remember the 60s. But, you know, sometimes I spend as much as $7,500. When I was a kid, my parents brought home these albums, uh, the Beatle albums, and my brother uh, would play them for me. They're the people who grew up with the Beatles, and there's another generation, but actually the children of the people that grew up with the Beatles. The bottom line, say the merchants, Beatlemania is big business. I'm not just dealing with fans anymore, I'm dealing with a lot of investors as well who see it as a good way of making money. It's a big year for the Beatles. June marks the 20th anniversary of their Sgt. Pepper album. Last week, the movie Help was released on home video. And with the Beatles finally appearing on compact disc, many are predicting that will help the already booming CD industry. It's going to increase the sales of CD players probably by uh, 100%. Everybody's waiting for the Beatles. It's the music that'll live forever. It's like Beethoven, Bach, Mozart. They're the most, the, the most important cultural phenomenon of the 20th century. Christiana Manpour, CNN, New York. Beatlefest 87 is hosted by Mark and Carol Lapidus. This year's guests include recording artist Billy Preston.
Another musical guest came in the form of a reformed version of the Apple band Badfinger, with original members Joey Mullen and Mike Gibbons. Other guests include authors Mark Lewison, Wally Pedrazic, and Harry Castleman. Once again, Jimmy Fink is the master of ceremonies with music provided by the band Liverpool. As I attended Beetlefest 87, I found a splendid time is guaranteed for all. Coming up in a moment, the Beatles are over-commercialized. We have to try and safeguard the Beatles, 
even though other people think they own our records and other people think they own our publishing and can sell them wherever they like, you know, there's certain things that, uh, you know, our records were only made to be sold as records. They weren't the Beatles. You know, you can't sell the Beatles to sell shoes. Sergeant Pepper turns 20. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the album that revolutionized rock and roll 20 years ago, June 2nd, 1967. And half of the famous group play for royalty. Eric phoned me up and said, will you do it? And I, I would do it for Eric. And I called George up and said, can I do it? <laughs> Next on Yesterday and Today. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at YesterdayPod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. (laughs) You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. Alright. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.